What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through my week seven running back rankings. So just going through the top 36 running backs for this specific week. If you guys enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. And if you guys do have any fantasy questions, you can drop those down below. But let's just jump right into it. And starting off here at number one, we have Saquon Barkley going up against the Jaguars. A lot of the top running backs this week actually have some pretty favorable matchups. So good to see there. I think there's going to be some high ceiling plays this week. It does get a little thin later on. So, you know, we'll get into that. Saquon going up against the Jaguars. Strong matchup. We know Saquon's an absolute stud. Then at number two, I have Austin Eckler going up against the Seahawks. Another strong matchup. And it looks like Keenan Allen is going to likely miss another week. It sounds like he wants to take an extra week to, uh, you know, rest up from that hamstring. And when Keenan Allen has been out, I mean, Austin Eckler has just been getting absolutely fed in the receiving game. So I think he's someone we can continue to fire up as a high-end running back one. At number three, I have Christian McCaffrey going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I know the typical thought process is you want to be fading the running backs going up against the Buccaneers. And while that is normally true, Christian McCaffrey is a different story. Christian McCaffrey is matchup proof. He doesn't have to get it done on the ground. He can get it done through the air. He's just a very talented and well-rounded running back who's going to produce no matter what type of situation he's in. So even in a game where the Panthers offense is probably going to be looking pretty ugly, I'm still trusting Christian McCaffrey as a high-end running back one. Then at number four, I have Josh Jacobs, and it may seem like I'm pretty high on Josh Jacobs, and I guess I am this week. He's going up against the Texans. This is a fantastic matchup for Jacobs. The Texans have allowed the most points per game to the running back position of any team in the NFL. And so far this season, Josh Jacobs has been an absolute stud. He's the running back five in points per game currently. He is the third highest opportunity share of any running back in the NFL. And I'm just going to run through his stat lines over the past two games. Last two weeks, he's just been used as an absolute workhorse and he has produced. So week four, 28 carries, 144 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, five receptions, 31 yards. Then in week five, follows it up, 21 carries, 154 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, five receptions, and 39 receiving yards. Insane volume on the ground. He's getting involved as a pass catcher. If they continue to use Josh Jacobs this way, he is going to be a locked in running back one rest of season. At number five, I have Derrick Henry going up against the Colts. Just a super strong running back one this week, a pretty you know neutral matchup. Then at number six, I have Ramondre Stevenson going up against the Bears. And I wasn't sure if I would rank Stevenson assuming uh, Harris was out or Harris was in. I feel like people have already kind of locked Damian Harris to be out, whereas he was actually like pretty much a game time decision heading back to last Sunday. So I do think it's possible he returns this week against the Bears. But right now, if Harris is out, Ramondre is going to be a mid-tier running back one. I would say if Harris is active, Ramondre probably falls into like the RB 17, 18 range, somewhere in there. You know, you guys will see what players are there when we get to it. But that's where I'd say he'd fall if Damian Harris does play this week. At number seven, I have Leonard Fournette. Despite the Bucks' offense struggling, Fournette continues to ball out. I think that continues here against the Panthers. Number eight, I have Nick Chubb. Decent matchup against the Ravens. Just someone we know is a locked in running back one week to week. Number nine, Joe Mixon going up against the Falcons. I feel like there's this tier of running backs with like Fournette, Chubb, Mixon, Kamara. I feel like they're all just like almost interchangeable every single week. If we're being honest, like all these dudes are being started in your lineup. So Mixon at nine, I have Kamara at 10. It would be nice to see him getting some goal line opportunities. Hasn't really happened so far this year, 
but that's really the only thing that's been holding him back from, you know, being a back end running back one to taking that jump to mid to high end running back one production. At number 11, I have Jonathan Taylor. I guess some hedging here with a potential injury. Obviously, a healthy Jonathan Taylor is typically more of a high-end running back one. He hasn't necessarily produced to that level so far, but I do think it will be coming. So I'd expect Jonathan Taylor to make his return. If he's fully healthy, no limitations, we'll probably bump him up a few spots, but here's where he's going to be slotting in right now. Then to wrap up the top 12, we have Brees Hall breaking in here at number 12, going up against the Broncos. Just continues to produce. This man is an absolute stud just going to continue balling out rest of season as probably a top 12 guy. Then at 13, I have DeAndre Swift going up against the Cowboys. And just to kind of run through the DeAndre Swift storyline so far this season. So he plays a full week one, week two, looks super solid, giving you top fantasy production. Week three, he's dealing with a shoulder injury. I think it was an ankle also. Um, But so he's limited week three, then he misses week four, week five. That was basically kind of uh, told to us by Campbell, the head coach. He was basically saying, we're going to let him rest these two weeks. Then we'll have the bye week in week six, and then he should be good to go in week seven. So he was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday, still dealing with that shoulder injury. When Swift is 100% healthy, I think he's a mid-tier running back one play, especially in PPR and half-point PPR formats. The issue is, you know, we don't know if he's 100%. This is a tough match against the Cowboys. They're allowing the sixth fewest points per game to the running back position. And then there's also the risk that DeAndre Swift is going to play in this game, but be limited. We saw that in week three where, you know, he's active. We're firing him up as a running back one. And then he's limited, giving you sub 50% snap share, seven carries, four targets. So we are going to be running the risk of that happening again this week. But I think that's why he's here at 13 and not in like the five, six, seven range. After Swift, I have Kenneth Walker coming off of his first NFL start. Absolutely dominated in his first start. I'm excited to see him moving forward. And I think he's going to be in this, you know, high-end running back two range rest of season. 15, I have Aaron Jones. Definitely disappointing so far. I think he can have a decent game here against the Commanders. This is probably going to be a decent game where the Packers can rely on the running backs. I know Aaron Rodgers has talked about getting him more involved. It is just tough, though, if he's the top option that defenses are able to key in on. So I think brighter days are ahead for Aaron Jones. But it definitely looks like we're not going to be getting that ceiling that I think a lot of people were chasing with like elite receiving upside. It just hasn't happened so far. At 16, I have Damian Pierce. I think you can make an argument he should be a few spots higher. You know, I wouldn't push back too hard. This is where I have him in here. High end running back two. I think it's fair. You would likely assume the game script isn't going to be great for Pierce going up against the Raiders. I'm guessing the Raiders are going to be pretty decent favorites in this game. But Damian Pierce has produced really no matter what the game script is. They clearly want to feed him the ball. I feel like every single Lovey Smith interview I see, it's just him talking about how they need to continue to get Damian Pierce the ball. After week one, they said they needed to get him involved. He just keeps going back to the well every single week. I think this week he was talking about like, They need 20 carries a game out of him. So Damian Pierce, a very strong option. Then at 17, I have Ezekiel Elliott. And I feel like this week is going to be the start of the Zeke resurgence, at least for fantasy football this season. Because, you know, frankly, he's been pretty disappointing early on in the season. Had a touchdown last game, which was solid. But everything is just kind of lining up for him here. Dak Prescott very likely to return this week, barring any sort of uh, setback. And then he has an elite matchup against the Lions, who have allowed the second most points per game to the running back position. So Dak back, higher offensive ceiling, great matchup against the Lions. And his 16 carry per game number, 
could honestly go up if they're ahead in this game and obviously if he's been super efficient. But even with those 16 carries in this new higher scoring offense potential going up against the Lions, that 16 carry number can give you some really strong running back to production. So he's a guy that I'd feel very, very comfortable starting. Right after him, I have Raheem Mostert, who has currently locked down the RB1 role for the Dolphins. Not sure if that's going to stick long term, but with Tua back, I think he's a very solid start this week. And then after Mostert, I feel like we're kind of seeing a drop off in the running back position. Still, I guess some decent RB2 plays with Jeff Wilson here going up against the Chiefs. I just think the concern here for Jeff Wilson is that if this game gets out of hand and he doesn't have a ton of receiving upside, he could kind of lay a clunker like he did last week. So that's the risk here. At 20, we have Najee Harris going up against the Dolphins. This is probably where Najee is at this point. I'm not saying he's dead in the water at becoming like a high-end running back two again, but at this point, he's, you know, limited efficiency, limited touchdown upside, and doesn't have a workhorse role. So this is where he is slotting in. And then I feel like we have another drop-off here going to David Montgomery. And Montgomery is a guy who's had a name that's been pretty, you know, locked in as a, you know, top 20 back. I'd be a little concerned about David Montgomery moving forward. I'm especially tempering my expectations in this matchup. The Patriots have allowed the third fewest points per game to the running back position, so he has a brutal matchup. Then we have the Bears coming out, saying they're going with a hot hand approach at the running back position. And this is something I've been talking about, and a big reason why I wasn't super in on David Montgomery. In this offense, with limited receiving work, limited touchdown upside, you need David Montgomery to be the workhorse. And when you have Khalil Herbert there, who's clearly a talented back, I think he's always, you know, under threat of losing that workhorse role. So if the Bears truly are rolling with a hot hand approach, I mean, I think we could see Khalil Herbert take over some games. I think the argument could be made that Khalil Herbert is just the straight up better back. Efficiency stats can be kind of skewed and aren't always perfect. But I mean, uh, Khalil Herbert has been wildly more efficient on the ground than David Montgomery. So I still think Montgomery is the running back to own in this backfield but I could also see him having a pretty serious fantasy fall off. So if you honestly can kind of trade him away as a running back too, that's something I'd consider doing. Then at 22, I have Eno Benjamin going up against the Saints. Williams is out. Connor is currently questionable. I'm definitely not playing Eno Benjamin as a running back too if James Connor is active. If Connor's active, he probably slots into this 19, 20, 21 area, and then Eno Benjamin just kind of falls off. But if Eno is the number one again, I think that's where we're looking at, you know, not a great matchup, some questions about the Cardinals offense, but still someone who's going to be getting a huge workload like he did last week. Just hopefully he can kind of convert, uh, which he was not able to do last week in terms of production. At 23, I have Travis Etienne. You know, I don't love playing Travis Etienne as a running back too, but in a week that's uh, pretty weak at the running back position, I think you could do worse than Etienne. I do believe he's the running back to own here in Jacksonville. Over the last few weeks, he's been consistently beating out James Robinson for the majority of the snaps. So I think Etienne's the guy to have here and, you know, a decent play this week. 24, I have Kareem Hunt, just a solid fringe running back to weekly with a decent matchup against the Ravens. 25, I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Don't feel super hot about playing Clyde Edwards-Alaire as like a borderline running back too. Going up against the Niners, it's really just going to come down to the touchdowns. Does he get the touchdown opportunities because he's not getting third down work and he didn't get the goal line opportunities last week? I think this is going to be a very telling game just based on usage. Not saying if he doesn't get into the end zone, you know, he's just going to be worthless. But if he's not getting the opportunities on the goal line, it could be tough for CEH moving forward. 26, I have Tony Pollard. A lot of the things I uh, talked about with um, Ezekiel Elliott apply here with Pollard. Great matchup. 
going to be more touchdown upside with Dak coming back. I think his uh, value has kind of been, you know, reignited here as a high-end running back three this week. 27, I have A.J. Dillon. Usage has been there. Production overall has just been very disappointing. He's probably going to be sliding in as like a mid-tier running back three until something changes or if something changes in this uh, Packers offense. At 28, I have Jamal Williams, and I believe I originally listed him as a sit in the start-sit videos, and I feel like I was a little bit too quick to do that because I was kind of expecting DeAndre Swift to just come in, be a full participant, be ready to go in week seven. But the more questions we have about Swift's health, Swift's availability, the better a play Jamal Williams is going to be. I mean, even when we're looking at the two games where Swift was healthy, Jamal Williams gave you 16 PPR points and then seven PPR points. So nothing like insane, but in terms of, you know, a running back three in a week with a lot of solid running backs on by, you could do worse than that. And then if we look in week three, which is where I talked about Swift was active, but limited, Jamal Williams had a monster game with 24.7 PPR points. So I do think he's someone to look out for and will just continue to rise in these ranks if there are more questions about Swift's health and, you know, overall workload heading into week seven. 29, I have Brian Robinson. You guys probably know how I feel about B-Rob at this point. I feel like he's a low floor, low ceiling play. I think this is going to be a gross committee. The uh, commanders have talked about getting Antonio Gibson more involved. We know J.D. McKissick is going to be used as a pass catcher. So I think you just have to be banking on a rushing touchdown. And I just don't know if I want to be banking on that in this backfield with Taylor Heineke leading this team at quarterback. At 30, I have Melvin Gordon going up against the Jets. And I just have no idea what's going on here with the Broncos. So basically, we see Melvin Gordon get like benched. There was speculation he was injured, but then after the game, he has an interview. He's like talking about how he wasn't told why he wasn't playing and just not a good situation here. Only had nine snaps in that Monday night football game, 16% snap share. He was just, you know, totally bypassed for Latavius Murray and Mike Boone. And then we hear that Nathaniel Hackett has come out. He met with Melvin Gordon. They had a good conversation. And now Melvin Gordon is the starter again. I mean, I'm not trusting that at all. I do think he probably will operate as the starter. I just don't really understand the thought process of essentially benching your starter. And then after the game, he kind of complains about it, I guess maybe warranted. And then you just rename him the starter. It's just a weird situation. Broncos are a mess. Even if he is the starter, I still feel like this is an appropriate spot to have him at. But I mean, we can't be trusting him in our lineups. But I also do understand that this is a tough week for the running backs. Like I feel like the guys coming in at like 29, 30, 31, these are players who normally wouldn't even crack the top 36. So, you know, sometimes you got to pivot and make some rough plays, but I would definitely feel a little bit scary starting or a little scared starting Melvin Gordon in my lineup. 31, I have Kenyon Drake and we saw Dobbins miss practice on Wednesday. Justice Hill returned to practice uh, this week, full participant. So we could be looking at a backfield with Drake, Justice Hill and Mike Davis. Now that could turn into an ugly backfield, but Kenyon Drake is coming off an 100-yard, one-touchdown day. Maybe he leads the backfield. It's probably going to be gross, like I said, but once again, the running backs are thin when we're getting this low in the rankings. 32, I have James Robinson. This point in the season seems like a low-floor, low-ceiling play. Like I said, I like ETN moving forward. Not exactly a great matchup here against the Giants. I wouldn't be trusting uh, J-Rob in my lineup. 33, I have Tyler Algier. And he's consistently getting a workload. The Falcons offense in general is just has such a low floor and he has very little receiving work. I mean, basically little to zero receiving work. The red zone opportunities, the goal line opportunities, those aren't really there. The touchdown upside isn't great in this uh, Falcons offense. 
So a guy who may log you 12, 13, 14 carries, but it could also yield three, four, five points. It's just kind of where we're at here with the uh, Falcons backfield. At 34, I have Khalil Herbert. I kind of talked about David Montgomery a little more in depth. Khalil Herbert could start eating into Montgomery's work, but with this hot hand approach, expecting Montgomery to get the first crack, like I don't want Khalil Herbert in my lineup, especially in a bad matchup against the Patriots. Then at 35, I have Latavius Murray, who I'm guessing a lot of people thought was going to take over as the running back one for the Broncos. I don't even think I mentioned this in the Melvin Gordon thing, but we have Melvin Gordon taking significant touches away from Javante Williams, and then Javante goes down, and all of a sudden, uh, Melvin Gordon's getting beat out by Latavius Murray, who they pulled off the Saints practice squad. The whole situation is just an absolute mess. So I'm not trusting Murray, but I'm also not saying it's uh, impossible that Melvin Gordon somehow gets benched or they do a full-on split here with Murray. But still, like on this roster, Broncos offense has been trash. It's tough to trust you know, any of these running backs or really any of these players, probably aside from like Cortland Sutton. And then to wrap up these rankings, I have Michael Carter. Obviously, I don't want to be starting Carter against Denver, but another running back who you know could get a goal line carry here or there. Michael Carter's route to success here is probably Brees Hall breaks off like a 50-yard run, gets tackled at the two, and then they sub in Carter and he bangs it in. So I don't want to be banking on that, but I'm not saying it is impossible there with Michael Carter. So that is going to be my top 36 running back rankings. Like I said at the top, any questions, you guys can drop those down below. If you did stay all the way through, thank you. I appreciate it. Do me a huge favor, hit that like button. I'll be coming out with the wide receivers uh, also. And then stay tuned tomorrow. I'll be doing my rest of season wide receiver rankings. So last week I did rest of season running backs. This week it'll be the rest of season wide receivers. Thank you guys again, and I will see you in the next one.